0: morning, everyone. It is Friday, the 22nd of July, end of another busy week. morning, Henry. You've got overnight for us. What have you got? Good morning, Ben. I guess a slightly volatile session on the US
1: market, results dominating, and the EC move to 50 basis point rise was also the big feature of the market, especially in Europe, as was the resignation the second time around, this time accepted, from Mario, whatever it takes, Draghi as PM of Italy. We did see the Dow Jones close up 162 points or around half a percent. Nasdaq up 1.4 percent as well. 10 year yields came off the boil slightly. So that was good. Base metals not doing an awful lot. Oil was down 2.9 percent. We did see Nord Stream come back online, and it looks as if it's all okay at the moment. And all those thoughts and fears that Vladimir Putin would hold Germany to ransom with no gas coming down the pipe seem to have evaporated, at least for the time being. So that put a dampener on the oil price. And the gold price uh, popped higher as the U.S. dollar came off a little bit. Some weak U.S. data just taking the froth off the inflation story so not too bad. Our SPY futures were pointing to an up 12, but don't forget yesterday was SPY expiry. So that changed over from the July contract, which was the front month to the September, or rather the August contract, which is now the month. So that will have affected the fair value of the front month contract. I'm not sure what the fair value is, but our market
0: not doing an awful lot this morning on the back of that. So just something to bear in mind. Thank you, Henry. No time this morning, so I'll take over the market today. As you said, not a whole lot happening. We are down 20 points or just under 0.3% to 6,775. Not quite the 12-point gain that futures were pointing to. And that 6,800 market is proving too hard to climb today. Bit of a pivot point there. Energy is the worst performer, down more than 2%, followed by utilities and communication services down 1%. Materials and consumer discretionary down half a percent each. Healthcare and real estate are the bright spots up 0.4%. Financials are flat. On the corporate front this morning we've got IronEar up 8% after signing an offtake agreement with Ford. Sierra Resources is up 3.5% after ending a non-binding MOU with Ford to discuss the possibilities of an offtake agreement. Essentially, Brickworks is up 3% after upgrading guidance. Woodside down 1.5% after clarifying their guidance. IAG is down 2% on their full year preliminary numbers. Chris, you said there was a big miss in there?
2: Yeah, they missed on their margins. They had stated themselves they were looking for margins of 10 to 12%. Macquarie had it pegged at 9%. They were thinking they weren't going to hit it and they came in at 7.4%. So that's the big reason why they're down today. They missed their own margin guidance by a country mile.
0: Yep. And there's a couple going out in sympathy there. I think QBA was down 3%. Yeah. And Coronado Global is down 7% on their second quarter production numbers. On the calendar today, Locally, we've got the Global Manufacturing and Services PMI for July. That is also coming out today and tonight in Japan, Europe, UK and US. Tonight, we've got UK Consumer Confidence and Retail Sales for July. Not much else happening around. On the corporate front today, outside of what I've already said, Luca has a shareholder meeting and UWL is ex-dividend. Chris, you've been on Ausbiz. Other than that, we've just got our normal Marks Today action today. Your Ausbiz segment will be up somewhere later today. Put it
2: in the feed later
3: today, yep.
0: Very good. Thank you for that. Other than that, that's all we've got. Leighton, what's happening with the
3: brokers? Thank you, Ben. Just looking at Woodside Energy Today, Following those numbers that they put out yesterday, they've been reasonably well received by the brokers so far. Morgan says the results show strong free cash flows and estimates that around 2 billion US of free cash flows will be generated in 2022. And they've got an ad recommendation there and a target price of $35.40, which implies about a 14% upside. And an interesting note from Morgan Stanley on their dividend the total dividend they're estimating to come in at $1.20 US which includes that $0.50 special dividend and they've got an overweight recommendation and a target price of $40 which implies a 28% upside and also looking at Liontown Resources Macquarie says this morning that the award of the EPCM contract is an important step to ensuring infrastructure remains on schedule and they've got an outperform recommendation there and a target price of $1.85 which is 49% above the current market
4: price also in stuff. Interesting. UBS has got a sell on Zip uh, target price 41% below the current share price. And after the production numbers yesterday from Newcrest, you've got two outperforms and target price is 34 and 44% above the current share price. And I just noticed on the scans this morning, Newcrest and EVN, both in the gold sector and the gold ETF have had little buy signals. There's very little reason to get excited about gold as far as I can see, unless the US dollar comes rapidly off the top,
0: you might see it rally a bit, but there are some mild signs of a bottoming in the sector. Very good input there. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you for that. Leighton, Henry, what have you got for us in Henry's take?
1: I'm glad you're seeing some mild signs of bottoming, Marcus, because I added some gold stocks to a small cap portfolio in Dacian and Grey recently, which are going pretty well. Um, Also, just a bit of an update on some of the other recommendations. This week, IGL, which we wrote up on Monday as a speculative buyer, is now up 20% from that level. And one of their main competitors of Varto, which was a weak competitor, to say the least, went bust yesterday. So that's good. Uh, that is good news. When your competitors go bust, it takes out that part of the market, and they should pick up a lot of that business. So that one's going well. I also wrote up yesterday, GDC as global data as a way to play the data side of things. They are kind of like an investor in data centers rather than running them themselves. They had a big discount to NTA. That one was up 14% yesterday as well. This morning, I did suggest that, Investors look at Thorny Tech, which is a fund manager, and we played this game before with Thorny. You're buying basically tech stocks at a discount to the NTA, which at the end of June was around 32 cents. So it was around a 30 odd percent discount to NTA, and of course June was pretty much the low point of techs. And in the month of July, techs have rallied 15 percent in our market. So our all tech index up 15 percent. Unfortunately, I had my price this morning to buy tech at 22 and a half cents. They're now up 9% and they didn't trade anywhere near that. So that's a bit annoying. Apart from that, just writing up today, some of the what's going on in the economy. Of course, we did see the ECB raise rates last night by 50 basis points, but you know, it's just a zero. So it's not a massive thing. And uh, of course, they've now brought in the anti-fragmentation tool, which is been called the TPI or to protect Italy as Mario Draghi has resigned for the second time as we talked about. And also just having given a a presentation yesterday to the ASA which was an interesting forum and it was quite well attended just put that out there on the newsletter that if anybody's interested in a copy of the presentation more than happy to send it I have had about 25 people ask for that presentation which is good and if I had time next week I'd probably turn it into a webinar but might be a little bit stretch for time given the Melbourne education day on Monday that's it
0: very nice thank you Henry might touch again on that education day in just a moment our idea section today chris kick this off
2: thank you ben i'm taking a look at resmed this morning in august this year they launched their new airsense 11 device the early reports are the device it's increasing the lifetime value of patients so people are taking them up earlier and then over the journey of course they will replace them more often so that means more mask sales for the company Chip shortages that had been a headwind are starting to ease. So that's supportive for the outlook. There are some troubles at their major competitor, Philips, they're going through a recall and some brokers up and down the street are anticipating that they will be out of the market until FY23. And there's a backlog of 1.6 million patients currently waiting for devices. And with Philips out of the way, that could swell to 2.8 million in FY23. So some things lining up nicely for ResMed. The brokers like it. Some research out recently with target prices about 15% above the current market price. I'm going a little bit more aggressive than that. I would be a buyer at current levels with a target up towards $40. So that is a buy for me in the ideas section this morning.
0: Very nice. Thank you, Chris. Marcus, you've got an idea? I just mentioned in the
4: ideas section that we have the CBA results coming up and the dividend coming up and saying that the sectors or the chart of CBA and the bank sector is looking a little bit more stable. But having said that, the last RBA meeting, obviously not 10% off the banks and CBA, after they raised rates aggressively. And all the chatter this week was that they are going to do that again, may even raise rates 75 basis points. The next RBA meeting is a week on Tuesday. So you would probably at least wait until that risk is out of the way. And if you are trying to strip dividends, the safe way to do it is to wait for the results to come out. So you might wait for the CBA results before you actually went and did anything if you were trying to strip a dividend. They have results on August 10th, they go ex than on September the 6th. So it's just an obvious mention for income investors that heads up on a few of the big income stocks coming up. And we've got Rio results next week as well. Certainly. Just
1: just on the banks before you move on, bear in mind, people out there, members out there, that ANZ done that $3.5 billion entitlement raise and ANZ rights are now trading, which is obviously a geared way to play banking sector. So currently the rights are up 20%, $3.50. They were up 14% when we started this meeting. So if you're looking to speculate in banking stocks, ANZ rights is a leveraged way to play the banking sector.
4: What Henry's saying there is that the rights to participate in the capital raising are trading separately. So the code is ANZR, at least it is on my screen. I don't know what the other platforms has got it, ANZR. And so the, the point is ANZ is up 57 cents today. And if that is a 20% move in the rights because you're not paying the bulk of the money that has to be paid through the rights issue. So it's, as Henry says, a geared way to play ANZ and the banks at the moment. Of course, if it falls 57%, it will be down 20% as
0: well. So just be careful. Very good stuff there. Thank you, guys. As you mentioned, Marcus, I have had a look at Rio ahead of their results out next Wednesday. We're going to do this a little bit over the next couple of weeks ahead of as we approach and enter results season, a little bit of what to expect. So Rio's results are obviously very highly anticipated for exactly what you were just talking about there, Marcus, that income, the big yield and the income investors that need to be getting that into their portfolios. There's a double digit dividend expected by most of the brokers. The numbers look great at the moment. Brokers are positive despite the shaky iron ore outlook over the coming year. Long story short, which if you're interested in the long story, do check it out on the newsletter. But the smart play looks to be to collect the dividend and reassess. We might even see a trading opportunity over the back end of the year as Chinese growth picks up. Marcus, you've been on the lookout for that a little bit, particularly if the stock becomes oversold as it goes ex-div. It does have the feel that everyone's holding on to that dividend. So we might see a bit of a rush to the exit in the short term. Might be a bit of an opportunity in the long term. And then the future does look a bit shaky over the coming years, but we don't necessarily need to worry about that today. So that's Rio. Check that out if you want some more information. We've got a few charts in there that are quite interesting. And Marcus, what have you got in your strategy today?
4: Well, I have basically called the top, I think, because I have put every hot idea that you could possibly put in to participate in this relief rally, which means it's almost certainly going to die. Uh, and it seems to have done that this morning, seems to have hit the wall. I don't think it's losing momentum, but it's certainly losing upside momentum at the moment. So I have listed, if you want to buy something, there are a host of ideas. I've listed the ETFs. I've listed the stocks as well that are having relief rally. But as I say, it seems to be the moment you do that, the market runs into a wall and it seems to have done so. Uh, One of the sectors that does seem to be picking up on its own momentum is the lithium space. And you probably saw Cira Resources Pi mentioned by Ford min and plS both have quarterly production numbers next Thursday and look to be bottoming on the charts as well so that might be a sector that will rally as the electric vehicle hype hypes up again and might be a little bit immune to the market if the market does go quiet again otherwise on the strategy front the ASX200 chart at the moment yes shows a relief rally but it is certainly not a major Major market pivot point on the charts just yet. And the risk is we have a lot of macro influences over the next week, which could fill or kill the rally. So we've got an FOMC meeting, we've got a US second quarter GDP number, we've got Australian inflation numbers, European inflation numbers, a European GDP number and a host of big US tech results, which I would say are probably more risk than reward, depending, of course, whether they're better or worse than expectations. But a lot of these companies have been cutting their headcount and guiding towards a more difficult outlook. So that appears to be more risk than reward. So best we hold off calling the bottom on the market at the moment in the strategy section, it is supposed to be long term. Yes, there's a relief rally, but don't think it's the big one yet. Otherwise, in the strategy section, I've written about what's coming up next week. You can have a look at that. I'll repeat that, I think, in the weekend email tomorrow. And I've also written up a bit of a preview without realizing Ben had done it on the Rio results next week and the Macquarie AGM next week, which I've also written up, even though that's had a bit of a relief rally as a stock market stock. And the average broker's got a 15% higher target price than the current share price. The one broker who is a little bit possibly ahead of the curve is Credit Suisse, who've gone underperform on Macquarie with a target price 14% below the current share price, warning that they should see earnings. This is only the AGM, but it might include first quarter guidance that they should see earnings 17% down this year. And whilst the PE has come off the top, if you look at the chart, PE's down from about 22. Two times to 16 times, it's still above the long-term average. So not expensive, but not got cheap yet either. Yield is a rather uninspiring 4.4%, including franking, but there's only 40% franking. So I think the message is AGM on Thursday, usually they're very conservative. It can cut both ways, but Macquarie's AGM, probably more risk than reward at the moment, certainly judging from what's happened at the investment banks in the US, which they will see a similar drying up of the M and pipeline, the capital raisings, the IPOs, and with the financial markets as down, it means they're pushing water uphill. So some risk on Macquarie AGM next week. And that's
0: me. Very nice. Thank you, Marcus. A question of the day today, in light of what Henry mentioned just before, our education event's coming up over the next week or so. We've got Melbourne on Monday and then Sydney the following week is if you were talking to a beginner that was entering the stock market, where would you advise them to start
3: their journey? Leighton? I think a really important thing is learning your way around, say like ComSec or wherever you actually purchase your shares, just to get your head around that. Because I know, like even with my mom, she had a bit of trouble just sort of learning the software side of things on that side. So yeah. I think the point about that is, is that people
4: will quickly form a habit on whatever platform they've got. You have to do some work to realise just what ComSec offers and just what NapTrade offers. They offer a heck of a lot of stuff and they offer emails every day and updates and all sorts of uh, signals you can put in and charts. Unless you bother to have a look, you will spend the rest of your life thinking the only thing they're offering you is the page you always yeah, go to. Yeah. So uh, yes, yeah, worth putting a bit of time in on your platform. Point there. Thank you, Leighton. Chris? Uh,
2: if I was building Markets 101, it would be how to look at charts. Everyone knows a lot my technicals and uh, how to read a balance sheet and an income statement. So if you did those two slash three things, I think you'd be well on your way.
0: Very nice. Thank you, Chris. Henry? I
1: think understand Einstein's law of com- compound interest and just start. Just do something. Don't think about it too much. Just start investing and see how you go. You'll learn an awful lot more by your mistake. Just make them in small amount and rather than big amounts. But Marcus is right. Learn your platform as well. Learn what it has to offer. Once you've got one, stick to it. I've been using Iris for 30 odd years. It's been great.
4: Very nice. Thank you, Henry. Marcus? So what Henry's saying there is he's using one of the most archaic <laughs> platforms. Iris is pretty basic, but once you get used to it, any platform, they're all a lot better than they appear. I would say challenge, or oh, you can't really learn that, can you? Subscribe to Marcus today and challenge a lot of the assumptions which flow through the stock market, in particular, the marketing lines, the idea that you all have to be Warren Buffett and intrinsic value is important and the average return is X. You really need to learn how the stock market really works. And the best way to do that, I suppose, is turn up to one of our education seminars where I do a talk on the things that the stock market doesn't want you to know, but there are plenty of them. This industry is 90% marketing and 10% good advice.
0: Very nice. Thank you, Marcus. I was going to say The Compound of Henry Stone and Thunder so I'll talk my book as well from the education Chris and I are going to be talking about portfolio construction portfolio theory so I think figuring out what the reason you're investing for is what your target is the point of doing it is are you want to be a trader you're doing it for the long term and then looking into how you're going to construct your portfolio based on those assumptions so this is assuming Ben that you are a portfolio style
4: investor when of course you could just trade shares or you could just hold an ETF and
0: not build a portfolio what tab of your trading platform do you hold the shares on though even if you're a trader my portfolio (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much and we'll see you guys all next week see you guys
4: i was playing golf at the weekend with one of my friends who has been listening to our morning meeting podcast for free for the past year and he was looking a bit sad and the reason he was looking a bit sad is because from the first of august the marcus today morning meeting podcast is going dark we are putting it behind the paywall. It'll be for members only. Anyone who wants to continue listening to the Marcus Today Morning Meeting podcast should do themselves a favor and us a favor and subscribe. And just to tickle you along, if you send an email to info at marcustoday.com.au and be very nice to Will, Chi-Chi and Karishma, they may just give you a bit of a promo code. Give it a go.